Travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. When most people think of Asia, the countries that come to mind aren't likely to be those we're about to discuss today. Located in Western Asia, on the border of Eastern Europe, Georgia, Armenia, and Azerbaijan are countries most Westerners are largely unfamiliar with. That's all the more reason to learn a bit more about them today, as each have unique culture, history, and tourist attractions that I'm sure make them fascinating destinations. Today, my show co-host Scott Coates will share his experience traveling through these fascinating Western Asian nations. From rainy Siem Reap, Cambodia, this is Trevor Ranges, and with me on the screen right here, wearing a nice collared plaid shirt, Scott Coates. How's it going, Scott? Aloha, Trevor. It is going very well. It has not rained in Bangkok today, and this is early October 2023, if you're listening to this when we recorded it. Rainy season is in full swing, and we've had a lot of rain here the last week or so uh, in Thailand, and in Bangkok, particularly where I am. Yeah, you know what's funny about the rainy season, just to go off on a tangent, this is something for a patron episode that could be fun to talk about, the, the different... Ooh experience because you know i had a visitor here today and she's like oh it's so wonderful the weather's so cool and like everything's so green and beautiful and you know she she quickly realized that the rainy season in cambodia which i prefer to call the green season is so much more beautiful and enjoyable but like when i go to bangkok i hate it in the rainy season because the traffic and the streets flood and like it, it's just an inconvenience more than uh, something beautiful to enjoy yeah, that's a good one. And while you're on the uh, topic there, Trevor, we'll just remind those listening that Trevor and I keep this running out of our love for travel and with the financial support of people that are called patrons. People like Doran S. get something every second week in between these episodes. So sometimes it's a conversation, say, about the rainy season or a video of Trevor's bar or me cycling somewhere. But the point is you don't have to wait two weeks for something. Go to our website, click Patreon or donate and get in on the jam. So Trevor, um, it is a bit weird that we're going to talk about this. And, you know, I'm still not entirely sure are these countries part of Asia. But I mean, Turkey is apparently in Europe and Asia. And these countries sure. are east of Turkey. So close enough. There you go. Well, you know, I went to Wikipedia uh, as I am not the co-host that has visited these places. So I had <laughs> yeah. to do a little research to learn a bit beforehand okay and uh you know they're they're both like and this is interesting like wikipedia defines them slightly different but it's kind of cool how like asia certainly is mentioned in each one so okay. i can knock these off uh, according to wikipedia the republic of azerbaijan mm -hmm. is a transcontinental country so there you go it's Ooh. located at the boundary of eastern europe and west asia there you it's go. part of the south caucus region bounded by the Caspian Sea to the west, Russia to the north, Georgia to the northwest, Armenia and Turkey to the west, and Iran to the south. Yeah. The Azerbaijan Democratic Republic proclaimed its independence in 1918 when it became the first secular democratic Muslim majority state. 
1920, however, the country was incorporated into the Soviet Union, which is somewhat of a theme we're going to see across these three mm -hmm. nations we discussed today. Um, but the independent states are slightly different. Uh, Azerbaijan declared independence in August of 1991, shortly before the dissolution of the Soviet Union. Okay, cool one. Uh, let me walk you through Armenia. Again, thank you, uh, Wikipedia. The Republic of Armenia is a landlocked country in West Asia. I always find landlocked countries interesting. And while Armenia is geographically located in the South Caucasus, it's generally considered geopolitically European. Country is a member of numerous European organizations. It's bordered by Turkey to the west, Georgia to the north, and Azerbaijan to the east, and Iran to the south. It's a multi-party democratic nation with an ancient cultural heritage dating back to Uratu, which was established in 860 BC. But in 1918, following the Russian Revolution, the first Republic of Armenia was founded, but then was incorporated again into the Soviet Union in 1920, and they got their independence in 91. So how about Georgia? Yeah, before we jump into Georgia, I'm looking at a Google Maps. I always recommend that people look at Google Maps when they're doing our episodes. Lots of times in the show notes on TalkTravelAsia.com, we have a Google Map that ourselves or and our guests have put together to help you enjoy uh, the information that we share. So I'm looking at a Google Map right now. I just Googled Azerbaijan. And it's interesting because I was like, yeah, isn't the Caspian Sea? I just mentioned the Caspian Sea. And how could Armenia be landlocked when it's bordering these two countries, especially when Georgia borders the Black Sea? But looking at the map here, they're kind of Georgia is on the left bordering the Black Sea. And Azerbaijan is on the right on the Caspian Sea, and Armenia is in the middle there, and it is truly a landlocked country. So, Georgia, also part of the Caucasus region, according to Wikipedia, that straddles Asia and Europe, is bounded by the Black Sea to the west, Russia to the north, Turkey to the southwest, Armenia to the south, and Azerbaijan to the southeast. After the Russian Revolution, Georgia emerged as an independent republic under German protection but was invaded and annexed by the Soviet Union in 1922 and only gaining independence in 1991. Uh, the decades that followed constituted a rocky relationship with Russia, including a war in 2008 that saw Russia occupy a portion of the country. Um, and that's kind of interesting. And I do know a little bit about Georgia because when I graduated from university, we had invited the president of Georgia I believe oh. it was uh, Edward Shevardnadze. Hmm. Edward Shevardnadze, the president of Georgia, was invited to give my commencement speech. And I was like, cool. But then the United States didn't at the time recognize Georgia as an independent republic. Like we hadn't officially recognized them. And, and therefore, like, I think the university wasn't going to pay him the rate that like heads of state get paid or something like that. And uh, he ended up like not speaking. And we got Art Buckwald, who was great, by the way. He's like a comedian, like a comedic writer, like a satirist. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so I was aware of Georgia back in uh, their early independence days uh, because of uh, the, the lost opportunity of Edward Shevardnadze speaking at my university. I was, I mean, based geography, but also I had a book when I was, ooh, we're probably going back 30 plus years now called Most Dangerous Places in the World, written by Robert Pelton mm. Young. And at that time, Georgia was one of the most dangerous places in the world. And yeah, it was wow. just exiliate days and it was known for like warlords and that. Like, I guess you couldn't really drive the country particularly. So it's a country that's gone under massive improvement and change in like a couple decades as well. 
Hmm. Well, you know, you went there with your dad, and uh, this seems to be like a recurring theme. This is like Scott and Dad Adventure Part Three. Yeah. Yeah. Like Don, the adventures of Don and Scott in Western Asia. Uh, how did this trip come about? It's interesting that, like, you know, that why you and your dad took certain trips together. Uh, whose idea was this one? Yeah, so uh, listeners might remember my dad and I, I think it was 2013, did the Trans-Siberian together, and we kept talking about doing another trip, and somehow it became six years until we did. And we were looking for, you know, places my dad hadn't been, somewhere kind of weird, but in a good way, weird, different that, you know, the masses don't go to. We were looking at some of the Baltic republics, like Estonia, Latvia, and uh, yeah, you know, cool. the third one, Lithuania. And we were looking at Ethiopia for a while. We were looking at Iran. Mm, nice. But we'd, you know, been really curious about Georgia. There's been a lot of buzz in the last few years. And then kind of got looking at our media and got interested. And then we were thought, well, we're right there. We might as well go to Azerbaijan for a few days. So this trip took place in September 2019. We both met in Tbilisi, the capital. And we were out there for two and a half weeks. So it was sort of somewhere different we hadn't been didn't know a ton about but seemed to have a lot of cultural history importantly had great wine we were told and just lots to see so that was kind of what set us down that path okay and then uh you know you're doing three countries uh mm -hmm. how many how many days you got planned for this so two i think it was you know probably 18 19 days or so and, and you quickly realize like with any trip that you can't see everything in a country, right? I mean, you could spend months just in Georgia or just in Armenia. So we sort of decided we had to design it smartly that while we see some of the key sites in each country, we're not wearing ourselves out and spending all of it traveling. So we, we really, you know, read up on all three places and somehow honed in that Azerbaijan wouldn't be as long as stay. So we had a bit more time hmm. with Georgia and Armenia. And in fact, I think we had about seven days in each of those places we were in armenia i think for five or six georgia at the beginning at the middle and those two together were probably about eight or nine days and then we were just in azerbaijan for four nights at the end i think so yeah it uh there was a fair bit of planning involved and, and making it work logistically was a bit of a trick but uh yeah we got her done yeah, because again, I'm looking at a map here, and like Tbilisi is far from the Black Sea. It's closer to the borders of Armenia and Azerbaijan. And so my immediate thought was like, gosh, you're a long way from the water. I'm like, maybe you'll go hit the beach down in Azerbaijan, because like Baku, I guess, is the big city there, and that's near the water. So why don't you tell us like uh, maybe what, what the plan was, and then or, or just take it from Georgia and, and walk us through it, whichever way. You know, did you, so you flew in and out of Georgia. So mm -hmm. how did, just how did it start? Run us yeah. Through. So you land in Georgia and I remember, you know, thinking to the most dangerous places in the world book and I arrived kind of in the morning and the taxi in worked just fine. Uh, no English spoken. And I kind of booked us this nicer guest house and yeah, I had a nice cold, darker beer right away. I think my dad arrived later that day or the next day. I can't remember, but yeah, we went out and we saw some sites in Tbilisi and it's quite a, cool city a, a river running through the center of it there's kind of like an historic downtown which people have probably seen pictures of with some old buildings and hotels built along the cliffs but then the city itself kind of follows the river but then it's built up on the cliffs and then up atop the cliffs so it covers quite a quite a bit area and i think we spent probably three nights there to stay out and uh, i hired one woman from a food tour company that our friend Maeve, who's talked about motorbiking on uh, this 
told me about because she'd been there before. And that was a really good afternoon learning about foods and seeing some markets. And we started sipping wine and strangely learned that this area is the first to ever have wine on the planet. And I don't remember how long ago, but apparently now Georgia and Armenia argue over who first made wine. But let's just say Mm. Georgia could be Armenia. But yeah, the first producers of wine and have a very interesting amber wine, by the way, which is exactly as it sounds. It's it's not white. It's not brown. It's kind of amber and it's really tasty. So saw some of the sites in Tbilisi, uh, did a did a jog, hit some churches and stuff. I then remember we went out of the city and we went and saw I can't even begin to say it, but Uplishik caves. So it's an area where some people lived in caves for a long, long time. That was very, very interesting to walk through those. And then while we were out that way, this was a couple hours, I believe, uh, west of Tbilisi. Uh, We then went also to Gori, which is where Stalin was born, to see the Stalin Museum. Not something you'd Mm. usually think like, I'm going to go see one of the worst mass murders of all time uh, museum. But we did go, and it was a darn interesting museum. And just like all good museums, there is a gift shop, Trevor, and you can buy yourself a stalin t-shirt and stuff which i'm not quite sure why people would want but uh but yeah did not buy that and uh yeah so that was kind of the start and then we rented a four-wheel drive and we drove north towards the russian border and we were our destination was a town called kazbegi which is sort of north of the ski field so as you're driving out there you go over a pass um you see some ski fields and in fact we took a gondola up to the top there was like no one up there nothing going on but had some nice mountain views and then you get to Kazbegi and there's I think a five and a half thousand meter mountain above you that sits way towering and we stayed in a cool place yeah, called Yeah it looks Rooms. like there's a huge mountain range up there lots of snow you could see. Could you see snow from where you were? Yeah absolutely so you see a glacier on the mountain out front of the hotel and basically on either side of this valley there's you know five thousand meter mountains big big ones and yeah. then there's uh I might mess up some of these places, but uh, I believe it was the Gurgetti Trinity Church sits kind of like two-thirds of the way up the mountain, and you can drive up there, but it's an incredibly dramatic church, uh, and it, it's just tough to describe except sitting atop these incredible mountains, and there's hiking from there. My dad wasn't really into hiking, but I did a couple-hour walk up higher one day, and the general thing about this area, Georgia and Armenia, is that Catholic Church has a long, long, long history there. And in fact, Armenia was the second country in the world to adopt Catholicism after the Vatican. So it goes yeah. way back. Yeah, the history looks pretty interesting. Because again, I mean, I knew that Stalin was from Georgia. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, like the Soviets have, like the, the Soviet Union had roots in Georgia. And, and you know, like looking at the map here, like the Russian cities, like some of the names of the places in Georgia seem kind of Russian, but then the script, like Georgia has a, a script that looks like similar to Burmese. Like it's something similar to Burmese or Laotian. It looks like it's a totally different alphabet that I've like ever seen before. And some of the towns have like more curious, like ancient names. And it's so interesting, like knowing that like this is the first place wine was ever made and, and Armenia mm-hmm. having adopted Catholicism like that like the culture is so so old right that uh, it, it, it's probably this blend of all sorts of different things but did you notice something like as you mentioned no one really spoke English but like did you notice that like everything was in some crazy script that you couldn't understand 
Oh, not uh, people did speak English. The taxi driver yeah. didn't. But you know what? I I'm, I feel like such a bad tourist because I don't recall this. But Georgian language and the written language apparently is one of only something like a half dozen that have no commonalities to any other languages. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. It looks like Burmese yeah. almost. Yeah, it's completely unique. It's not like any other one. And you do see some pretty wild signs around. So it's really neat in, in that sense. Um, yeah, so that was – and we came back to Georgia. So that was kind of – Georgia part one. And, and then I know there's some stuff you want to ask me about Georgia, but we then went to Armenia, came back and spent another night or two in Tbilisi. And then we went uh, to a wine area, but I'm probably getting ahead of myself. But uh, yeah, Georgia, Georgia was, was really interesting, man. And really, yeah, I, know. I mean, we're not too far off topic, I guess. If you're talking about wine, how's the food? I'm always interested in that. Everybody, when they travel, some people travel just for food, but like you want to go somewhere that's got good food. What was the food like? Yeah, and I'm no expert on food of that region. But what I did observe is the foods in the three countries are very similar. Um, there's a lot of things that kind of remind you of Lebanese food or Turkish food. So you get uh, some dumplings, which are very Georgian, but they'll have, they kind of look like great big Xilong uh, Pao, those Taiwanese dumplings, but much, much, much bigger. And yep. they'll have meat and stuff in them. It's also quite common. They make a round piece of bread. So it's almost like bread-wise, like, pizza but then in the middle they'll have an egg and whatnot and they kind of bake that that's really neat they have uh, things i believe they're wrapped in grape leaves and then inside they'll have some meats and vegetables and olives and stuff so it's very much kind of a la mediterranean middle eastern and i'm sure people you know in armenia would say our food is nothing like georgian food and georgians mm -hmm. would say our food is nothing like turkish food mm -hmm. but yeah, a lot of stuff wrapped in leaves with meats and vegetables inside these kind of bread dishes with the egg in the middle, some dumplings. Um, you know, lamb's kind of popular, yeah. not as much pork, although it's more Christian. Um, but yeah, the food was interesting and different, but did kind of taste common, particularly between Georgia and Armenia. Yeah, you know, full disclosure, there's a Georgian restaurant like two blocks from where I am right now here in San ah. That's That's quite good. Yeah, I've eaten there before. When we went full in, we went like the whole sharing platter and everything. So, yeah, it's it's interesting and nice food. It's like healthy, you know. What else? Uh, how about how about your lodging? You said you stayed in a guest house. Did you just stay in the same place the whole time? How were your hosts? Was there like a, you know, did you, were they really welcoming and wanted to show you around? And, uh, you know, what was your experience with the local people that hosted you? Well, first, lodgings. We stayed in two very different places. I'd read about this big guest house, which is a bit upmarket, but I think it was in a former school or factory. And it was massive. Like it had an elevator and probably had a couple hundred rooms, but then a big kind of common dining area. And in the courtyard, sort of some food stands and a beer beer place. That was neat. When we came back our second time, though, we stayed in, in more a small locally owned hotel in the historic district. So we could kind of be really close to that. Um, and it was just like staying in a regular hotel. I did find a very good uh, craft beer bar while we were there, which was neat. Nice. And and you know what I found a bit strange is before I went, all I kept hearing about was Georgian hospitality, Georgian hospitality. Mm. And it's not that people weren't nice, but they weren't overly friendly either. So, you know, mm. basically when I think of everywhere we went in Georgia, like people weren't unfriendly. But smiles weren't free, and I didn't find anyone terribly friendly, which went against every single thing I've read. And maybe, again, I didn't meet jerks, but, you know, people interacted, but they weren't super overly friendly. Um, but, you know, driving was pretty straightforward. Great foods, great wines. Tbilisi is a super cool city. 
the mountains were awesome. And that's the thing I would one day love to go back for is to do some proper trekking or mountain biking because apparently they have world-class hiking, you know, like way out in the sticks, hiking and biking. And uh, yeah, we've had an ex-guest Bruce on one time that cycled through there. So it is a real outdoors person country, but uh, all around, I can see why it gets the hype it does. We didn't get time to do the Western part of the country. Um, mm. But yeah, we got a good mix of cities of, you know, the old cave dwellings, Stalin's old town, Kazbegi in the mountains, some good food. And, and then I'll touch on one other place. Well, maybe I'll do it now. And at the end of our, so we went to Georgia, then down to Armenia, back to Tbilisi. And then on our way to Azerbaijan, we went to a wine town, a town that's super famous for its wine called Vardzia. And it was just like being somewhere in Italy, like not massive mountains, but kind of rolling mountains and roofs mm. that were red and kind of tiled places. And it was a very, very charming town and it's wine country. And that would be kind of north east of Tbilisi as you're getting towards Azerbaijan but it's huge wine country out there and that was that was really really neat and I'm also forgetting about one major site um, near the Turkish border so when we went to Armenia um, we went gosh it was a long way actually to be fair it was uh, another one of these monasteries there's so many monasteries when you get out there and we were told to definitely go to this one and it was worthwhile and you can see uh Turkey is just right there on the border. They've had conflicts over this area. And you can see Mount Ararat in Turkey yeah, just yep. across the okay. border, which was pretty cool. And I'll be damned if I can remember the name of it now. But uh, boy, was it ever a cool monastery, like out in the middle of nowhere. But we did have to drive a long time on dirt roads to kind of get there. But um, I know I've kind of given a quick blaze over of, of this part of the world, but it, it sure was neat. Yeah, you know, almost I was like, you should have been dropping pins all along to create a Google map for people. But you know what? For the number of listeners who might actually go on this expedition, I think half the fun might be doing the research and planning it. Because this is like, again, like I love maps and I'm looking at Google Maps here. And, and you know, that, the mountains in Georgia were one of the like first things that drew my attention. I was like, wow, like there's some big snow-capped peaks up there. So that definitely was interesting to me. Um, and then, yeah, in, in Ar Armenia, I clicked on that Mount Ararat, and there's a great photo of it here. And, uh, you know, like right running through the, the from Tbilisi going southeast, there's like this mountain ridge, and then it rolls down into Armenia where there's a lake. So maybe you'll tell us here in a minute whether you went to that lake. And then there's a there's a town called Ganja on the top of, of the mountain, in the middle of the mountain range. I don't know if you made it to Ganja, but uh, yeah, Armenia looks interesting as well it also has a different script unlike anything i've ever seen before um maybe a little bit closer to not like arabic or or, or what do the israeli people speak yiddish or something i don't know it's mm. it's this weird kind of it there is still individual letters but they look like they could be easily like looped together like doo -doo 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 into like a longer it's something that looks like arabic it looks closer to arabic even though they're individual letters whereas the Georgian has lots more like circles. Yeah. And I, and I blew that last story of a monastery that was in Armenia on the Turkish border. And I remember yeah. where it was now called Korverap. but yeah, I'll walk you through this. Uh, we wanted to take the train from uh, Tbilisi to Yerevan, the capital of Armenia. And it's only a okay. few hundred kilometers, but I, it turned out 
it was it was train time some of them were canceled couldn't get tickets so we ended up hiring a driver and i think it was about five and a half hour journey from georgia to uh uh tbilisi to yaravan and it was reasonably scenic but it was really just trying to get there in that journey yeah. and uh when you get to yaravan like it's pretty cool city it's very old and one thing i'm really happy on this trip is i did jogs in tbilisi along the river but also up in the, the small mountains i i jogged in yerevan i jogged in baku and i jogged in in rural Armenia. so you really kind of get a good feeling for a city and yerevan I, I believe it's a couple thousand years old we got a downtown central located uh hotel uh, we hit a few craft beer places there we went to the genocide museum which was really interesting and harrowing and in the early 1900s um you know turkey disputes us but they basically forced a whole bunch of armenians out of armenia and they dispersed them around the region and it seems to have been reasonably deliberate that it was to kind of eradicate them and and you know i think well over a million people died so it's a monument to them which was interesting uh we drank some good wine i got my hair cut at a hip-hop uh barber shop <laughs> which was kind of cool uh, we actually ate at a taco stand as well just because uh we needed some food quickly. But Yerevan was quite an interesting capital and definitely worth visiting. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I know less about Armenia, except like the genocide might be the only thing I know about Armenia, that there are Armenian people. And I probably knew about like some of their like old being the first Christian country or something like that. But uh, I'd never heard of Yerevan until today. Honestly, I think that's the first time I've ever heard the, the capital's name. Which is yeah. amazing. I thought I'd heard of every country's capital, um, but yeah, and I, I, yeah. What else did you see? How? What was the highlights? What were your highlights like here? Well, the highlight was uh, we had Rick Gazarian on this podcast quite a number of years ago, and he is American but Armenian heritage, and he put us in touch with a friend of his who's a guide there. And we hired this guy to drive us around for, I think, three and a half days. So one day he took us out of the city to a place called Geghard Monastery, which again probably dates to like. 5 AD or something and it was on that part that I learned they were the second country to adopt Christianity so that was neat we then went uh, west of the city I believe to a place that had kind of uh, I think they're Roman ruins or Greek mm. ruins which was pretty cool we had a really lovely lunch on, on that side of the city and then we headed out of uh, the capital on a road trip I think that was three days and two nights and here's where i'm getting my facts right now is we drove south to kor virap and this is a very uh, holy important monastery on the border with turkey and yeah you can see mount ararat in the distance and the border with turkey is right there and they're kind of enemies still to this day and i mean that was awesome and then from there we headed sort of i guess south and slightly west kind of into the middle region of the country. And we went to Noravank Monastery, another significant monastery. And, you know, we went in and there was actually a service going on and, and singing and chanting and light rays coming in through the window. It couldn't have looked any more dramatic. Went through a town called Areni. And then we stayed at a, I don't know, it was a little house, nicer than a guest house, but um, kind of a small hotel called Lucy Tour, which was up in the mountains. And it was kind of cool. Like it was a neat rural experience. But then the next morning I got up quite early and just decided I was going to jog. And I think I ran about 8K, but just up this little gravel road in the mountains and there was cows. And yeah, it was just really peaceful out there. From there, 
we had a big full day where we headed north, and this was really neat. We went to the Orbelian Caravanserai, and so they had these caravan places where you could stop all through the Caucasus. If you were a trader or you were voyaging, you could stop and get feed and rest your cattle or whatever. We had a water break there. You go over a mountain pass and then heading north to this lake called Lake Seven that you mentioned, Trevor. And it's famous for a couple of things. It is famous for uh, Savana Vank Monastery. But before you get there is something that's really neat. It's called Noratas. And it's an old graveyard with these really elaborate tombstones. And some of them are very, very big and very, very tall. And it was a bit of a windy day on the lake. And uh, buying fish is really popular. And as you're driving, there's guys standing on the side of the road holding their arms apart, like showing you how big the fish they're selling are. Mm. But um, yeah, it was really cool going through the mountains that pass by the caravan hotel and then seeing the uh, the graveyard at Noritas was really, really cool. And from there, our driver drove us uh, close to the border with Georgia and we had somebody else pick us up and take us back to Tbilisi. But I tell you what, Armenia was one of the countries in all my travels I was the most pleasantly surprised with like the capital itself the history the food the wine accessibility even a craft beer and when we went south to kind of the mid part of the country i really immediately regretted that we didn't have time to go far south towards the iranian border because there's a town called goris in the mountains which is supposed to be awesome another one called tatev there's some crazy windy roads and things that you can see down there like a Yeah, and there was There's everything of, like, from, you know, really Park dry, rocky, arid, canyony places to, like, you could see green mountains in the distance. So I really felt like Armenia deserved more time, and it's a place I'd really like to go back to someday. Huh. You know, that's interesting because, uh, like, the impressions, like, just from, like, Google Maps satellite view, it just seems like the, the greater variety of tra- terrain in Georgia might appeal more um but i also kind of i can appreciate that like maybe there's a more like subtle beauty to uh parts of armenia yeah and here's something like this looks like some old greek or roman thing that's cool yeah i think you know i bet if you're just trying to take it slow slow travel style armenia could be kind of nice huh yeah it was again thoroughly impressed and boy am i butchering all the names and the history of the places, everyone. I'm really sorry. Yeah, Armenia was a highlight. We were then back in Georgia for, I think, just one night or two nights, kind of really focused on the old historical downtown. I did a jog up kind of the mountains there, up uh, past the presidential palace. And then we hired a driver to send us north uh, east up towards that wine town that I, I mentioned already. So our destination was uh, Vardzia. Uh, wine country, but on the way is this, I, I got my monasteries confused, David Gareggi Monastery, <laughs> which was very cool, and they lived in caves there too, but that one we had to drive super slow for about an hour on little dirt gravel roads to get to, but but worthwhile. And then that town, Vardzia, yeah, was just like stepping into Spain or Italy. Um, the, the roofs, the design, the cobblestone streets, we had and some nice wine. You stayed overnight in these little towns at like mom and pop guest houses or something, or what? There was actually a nice hotel we stayed at in Vardzia. Um, The town was, I'm sorry, called Sinagi, Sinagi in Georgia we stayed at. Uh, Sinagi was, yeah, pretty cool. And we stayed in quite 
a nice hotel there. It was actually more than nice. It was very comfortable. I think it even had a pool, although we didn't actually swim in it. But um, yeah, it was a really easy place to be. And I think we were there for two nights and just took it super slow. And uh, that was the last place before we went into Azerbaijan. Okay. So yeah, and looking at this, like some of these places, uh, it seems like Georgia captured the high ground a bit on its neighbors. So like, you know, it's from, if you're in Georgia looking south, you go down into Armenia. And then it looks like from that Sing, 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 Nagi, which is interesting. Yep. It could be Sing like lion and Nagi like, uh, Naga. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it looks like that's sitting up on top of a big hill looking down around everything around it. And I don't know, are you headed to Baku, the capital of Azerbaijan? Because that's like real far. That's way all the far east peninsula all the way down. So are you doing an overland here all the way along this ridge? Or did you go down into this valley here where there's that reservoir through the center to Baku? Or did you have a different agenda? Yeah, so the Sinagi where we stayed, if you're a wine lover, you want to spend a few days out there. But from there, we had a Georgian driver send us yeah. to the border with Azerbaijan. And, oh, Armenians and Azerbaijanis are, are, are enemies. And just recently, from when we just recorded this, there's an area in the middle uh, that our, our Azerbaijan just got back. And so some roads mm-hmm. we drove on had, were kind of contested. But we got dropped off, walked the border into Azerbaijan. And a colleague that worked at Exo Japan way back when I did this, was from Azerbaijan and she helped me arrange this. And so basically at the border, walked across and there was a nice Toyota car with a driver waiting for us that we had hired mm-hmm. to drive us um, over a couple days to Baku, but stopping along the way at uh, a place called Sheki. And Sheki is kind of kind of modern now, but it was again, an old caravan kind of town back in the day. And they have this old hotel that was actually a, a caravan kind of stop and uh we did book it for two nights to stay there and you know it was i was pretty pumped to be there but it was a little a little rough uh it's called the car vansare and it is it is a gorgeous building it's a very big place you can actually stay there it's hundreds and hundreds of years old my dad found a little rough so we had to get another hotel but seeing that place you could sit and have a tea and a bit of food if you don't stay there there was also um a summer palace and a winter palace of the Sheki Khans. So there used to be the ruling Khans there of that area. You could see their summer and winter palace. We only stayed one night in the end because maybe if you were hiking or doing outdoor stuff, you could spend more. But for my dad and I, the kind of one night did it and we saw that stuff. But that was quite a neat historical town to see. And then we just drove from there all the way to Baku. And um, I'm sure there was other things, but time was kind of becoming a factor. And I can't remember how long, but I think it was maybe four, five hours to get us to Baku. And then we ended up staying three nights in Baku, which you probably really only need two nights in Baku. Yeah, because it seems like a really interesting city. It's got some ancient history. It's got some modern architecture. Um, but, it, you know, Azerbaijan seems to be quite a large country and, and it seems to have quite a diverse terrain as well. So, like, yeah, maybe you should have slowed it down and spend a night somewhere in the middle along the way. But uh, how was Baku? What were the what were, what were your impressions there? It's on the coast, so maybe it had a different vibe. Maybe it's like a trading city. I don't know what, what was going on. Very ancient city, but very modern now. And just before I get into that, you know, we did want to go 
uh, north and west of Baku up into the mountains. There's supposed to be some some great places, uh, a place called Laza, which is supposed to be really great. Kuba is supposed to be very neat. And another place called Kinalik. It just came down to not enough time. And really, Azerbaijan was the third place. I guess we weren't going to go, but we thought, let's see a bit. So Baku is along the sea. Um, it's quite spread out. And it is very modern with some old stuff. So they have oil in Azerbaijan and they have thrown quite a bit of money at building funky buildings through there. So most people are probably familiar with some of the, the buildings that actually they're kind of shaped like fire. There's another building that was built by an Iraqi uh, architect that's super cool. Um, there's the old district and it, and that's really charming. And you see sort of towers and old buildings, but mixed in with modern and mixed in with all kinds of neat cafes and restaurants. And it's a very moderate Muslim place. So you can still buy uh, beverages places. And my dad and I enjoyed a couple of Bombay and tonics along the way. And again, I think, you know, two nights max is probably enough in, in, in Baku because you see the flame towers, you see the old district. Um, it's enough. But we ended up with one extra night there in the end. Uh, you can head south of Baku, which we almost did to the coast and to some swimming and that. But my, my, my dad was a little older at the time and we were kind of a bit tired. So yeah, Baku was kind of a, a reasonable enough ender. One nice thing that was really good is they have kind of walkway all along the coast. So I did some really nice 10 kilometer runs all along the coast there and, and so forth. And then, yeah, I guess about 20-ish days later, we uh, parted ways and flew our separate directions out of Baku. Wow. So how did you guys get along on this trip? Because I remember that uh, on the Trans-Siberian trip, you guys had simpatico, that like the traveling experience went well. Um, did you guys feel it again? Like, did you come across any frustrating situations for either of you that the other one stepped up to help out with? Uh, did everything go smoothly from that point, just like travel-wise? Yeah, good question, Trevor. Uh, we did get along famously. There was a bit more planning in this one, and I really planned most of it. And I think, you know, my years of running a travel company has given me a pretty good ability to know how far in a day or how to connect A to B how to source drivers and guides. So my dad basically let me roll with that, which was good. Um, you know, there was the one drive to the one monastery that got a little bumpy for my dad, but he toughed it out. The one day we rented the four-wheel drive to head out to the mountains, they ended up coming a couple hours late, so we were getting a little impatient there. But my dad was good. He just chilled out, let me deal with it. And, you know, I, I mentioned in Shecky that I, I got us this room, which was very difficult to get because I needed the help a former colleague in Japan to either call in, in local language to this place and get it. But we checked in and it was, it was a little rough. And, you know, my dad was sitting on the bed and he just sort of said, you know what? I think this place is a bit too rough for me at my age. And I just said, yep. Yeah, okay. No problem. And I opened uh, a hotel booking app on my phone and I, got, I found, you know, a hotel 5k down the road in the downtown area. There was a modern hotel and that worked just fine. And we didn't worry about the money we lost on that place for two nights and just walked away and still had a great time. So no, it uh, famously. That's good. You know, and it's funny that that kind of reminds me because my dad came out here and we traveled a bit recently together. And, uh, and I think it's just anytime like somebody seasoned like you or I travel with other people, I think sometimes you forget that like, I can rough it a bit more or, or even what I think is roughing it is, you know, like, I don't think this is roughing it at all. And, and for some people hmm. that can be very challenging if they're not used to, 
you know, Asian amenities or, or foreign amenities and stuff. And I think your dad's pretty easy going and my dad's pretty easy going and they can, they can rough it a bit, but sometimes you forget. They're like, Oh yeah. You know, and it's good that, uh, we can recognize that and be like, yeah, you know what? I don't need to do anything in particular. I'd rather have everybody be comfortable. So, uh, good on you for helping find a better place for your dad. How about souvenirs? Yeah. Did he pick up any cool souvenirs? Did you get any, does is your dad collect souvenirs at all? You know what? I think we've all traveled enough that we just don't really buy much. I, I now buy a magnet everywhere I go, so I got magnets. Aside from that, I really don't think we bought anything the whole way. I mean, you could have bought one of those big furry Georgian hats. You might have seen there's that Ooh, ex-UFC yeah. fighter that beat McGregor <laughs> that wore these big, like, furry hats. Those were everywhere. Some knives. But no, we didn't buy anything. We just took home memories, Trevor. All right. Uh, how about if you, if you had a week and you could go back to any of these places or all these places, you have a week to return to this region, uh, what would you do with that week? Good question. If it was athletics, I would probably go to Georgia and go mountain biking or hiking out in the mountains. I could also easily be convinced to go to southern Armenia uh, and see some of that, which I haven't seen yeah, those would be easy, easy sells, either one of those. Yeah, or again, like wine country. I'm sure there was like other regions, Ooh. like maybe Erica, Scott's wife, would like to join a little wine country uh, expedition or something like that. That could be nice, too. Yeah, that would be an easy place to spend another few days and do vineyards and stuff like that. Yeah, good call. Right on. Uh, anything else you want to touch on? Uh, or you think you think you covered our bases pretty well i hope you're going to share some photos uh for us Lots. uh that we can put up on our show notes uh talk i haven't done a gallery in a while um so yeah maybe that one's worthy of putting a gallery together of photos and, and of course on instagram and facebook we share all this stuff too so check us out on social media Check us out on TalkTravelAsia.com. Uh, click donate to support the show. Uh, every dollar counts to help keep us on the air and keep us cranking out two episodes a month for, gosh, almost 10 years. We're coming up on 200 episodes, Scott. It is coming. We will hit 200 episodes in 2024. You know, lesson, I'd say pick places that seem different to go, contact locals, patch together a trip, travel by land when you can. And again, I mean, I'm sure there's more lovely stuff in Azerbaijan. I just can't speak to it as much. But Armenia and Georgia were fantastic. And I really encourage people to go, particularly Armenia as well. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, back in two weeks with another cool episode. Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey, Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at Angkor Thom in Cambodia? 